You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, this is historic. This is a uh, great time, great opportunity. Um, and so I want to first uh, invite you guys and welcome to a live taping of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash, the greatest money mindset show on the planet. Right? Round of applause, round of applause. And so, and so this is historic um, because for me as a native New Yorker, uh, Harlemite uh, from the New York City Housing Authority, St. Nicholas Projects, 129th Street, 8th Avenue, um, being somebody who grew up um, you know, in New York City to see uh, our city being run by somebody who looks like me is, a, is an honor and a pleasure. Um, and so I want to I want to give you the, the, the right intro. And so after facing a life changing act of injustice at the age of 15, being beaten in the basement of a precinct, he turned his pain into purpose and decided to change the police department from within. He joined the New York City Police Department and became one of the most outspoken officers calling out racism and bias in the department and pushing for major reform. Mayor Eric Adams has served the people of New York City as an NYPD, NYPD officer, state senator, Brooklyn Borough president, and now the 110th mayor of New York City, a native New Yorker born in Brownsville, Brooklyn, and raised in South Jamaica, Queens. He gave his voice to working families in all five boroughs, and is leading the fight to bring back New York City's economy, reduce inequality, and improve public safety in the city of New York. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Mayor Eric Adams! On your feet, on your feet, on your feet. So, it's, 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 there's one rule I live by, you do not stand for me, I stand for you. Mm. I'm here to serve you. Yes. And it's one thing to have someone to look like you, but you want someone to be like you. And that's what this moment is. And I'll never forget in one of the uh, inspirational books that I read, a, a person said that every year he attends the conference, he was one of the top executives uh, to talk about a particular topic, and they would pick him up at the airport as he uh, flew first class, 
someone meet him at the airport and drive him uh, to his suite at one of the prestigious hotels. He would get there at the speaking arrangement and people would meet him. They would give him uh, this nice little mug uh, to drink his coffee at and they would sit him in the VIP area and he'll do his speech, speech and they'll take him back. And then he said a few years later after he left the position, he attended the same conference. When he got to the airport, no car was there. He had to catch a yellow cab. He got his hotel, it was a Motel 6. When he went to the location to speak, they gave him a plastic cup. And by the time he finished, they said, you gotta get back to the airport on your own. And he said, the realization is that that mug cup, that first class hotel, that first class uh, airplane ride was not attached to him, it was attached to the position. So trust me when I tell you that Doors open for me across the globe, not because it's Eric Adams, a kid from Brownsville that's been dyslexic, arrested, rejected, and now elected. It's because I'm the mayor. And once I'm no longer mayor, I'm back to drinking out of a plastic cup. And all I'm going to have is what I had when I got here, and that is you. This is all I have. And that's why when you see me, move throughout the city. I'm moving throughout the city, not in only enjoying what I'm doing right now, but I have my vision, and, and when you're gone and you no longer get the mug, you better have done enough that the people who were there with you when you were climbing are going to be there with you when you are done. So everything I do is based on being able to walk in this room and you showing me love because you're saying, Eric, you served well, you stood up through the storm, you never buckled, you never shuckled, you never danced. You showed the preeminence of what it is to be a black man in the most important city yes. on the globe. Let's never forget that, yes. and I will never forget that. Yes, 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 yes. And, and I, I, I would be remiss to not introduce Pastor A.R. Bernard, <laughs> one, one, one of the, the top spiritual leaders on the planet, um, somebody who has done a lot for our community, um, not only spiritually, but economically as well. So welcome, Pastor. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be with you, especially sitting here to uh, our illustrious mayor of New York City. I'm not running for office, so I'll be brief. <laughs> But thank, this, is, this is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful. It's not what you do in life, but what you inspire others to do that makes you great in life. So the greatness of this organization, to inspire people to come out and collectively represent change and forward movement, this is the greatest blessing that we could have. So thank you for coming out. Absolutely. May, I want to start with you um, because, you know, again, as somebody who grew up in the housing projects, um, I am no stranger um, to police harassment, if you will. Um, and for you, um, growing up 15 years old, beaten in the basement of a police department, um, most of us, you know, and, and, I, and I'll just say for me and my peers, uh, we were angry at the cops. 
And for you, you 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 didn't, you know, you took that anger, you said you want to change that from within. Like what what was your, your thought process of saying, you know what, instead of being a victim, I'm gonna change from within? And and it's really I got I have to take my hat off to mom. You know, everyone knows how I feel about my, my mother who transitioned about a year and a half ago. And you know, she had six kids, she loved them all, but she just adored me. You know, I was I, I, was, I was her favorite. And you know, uh, when I got arrested and came home that uh, that next day after spending the night in Spafford, and mommy sat me down in a little uh, kitchen, and she said, <coughs> "You know, baby, uh, you know, if you're fortunate enough to live long enough, you're going to be misfortunate to experience pain. You have to turn pain into purpose. Mm. And a dark moment is not a burial; it's a planting. Mm. And when I do a reflection over my life." I can see there was a lot of dark moments, but when I do an analysis of it, I realize that those dark moments are learning moments, they're teaching moments, and you're going through it for a reason. And so whoever's going through something right now, just, just be still and say, what am I supposed to learn right now? Because that's what the moment is. The moment is, I'm here in this dark place, but there's a, the universe is teaching me a lesson that I, if I'm so busy trying to get out of it, instead of saying, let me sit here and reflect on it, you will find that it is that cocoon that you're in that's allowing you to really mushroom, you know, you know, mushroom into that next level. You know, like the caterpillar that looked up at a, uh, at a butterfly and said, you'll never get me in one of those, realizing that one day you're going to be that butterfly. There's a whole lot of butterflies that believe they're only going to crawl on the ground. And that's not true. You're going to be flying soon. So your ass better get ready. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Love it. Love it. Uh, Pastor Bernard, so you um, have been very instrumental in New York City and globally uh, from a spiritual perspective, but as well as economically, um, which a lot of us, I guess, get flat if you try to mix the two together. Um, can you talk a little bit about why uh, it's important for you not only to uh, lead from a spiritual perspe perspective, but from an economic perspective as well. Well, let me let me credit our mayor. We were at Teachers College uh, this past week uh, doing a conference. I was part of the panel, and it was on mental health, and the mayor was there. And let me let me just commend the mayor for doubling down on his identity with his faith. Mm. Right. <laughs> because when we understand that a book with text left the page, entered this man's heart and mind, and transformed him as an individual, then we'll understand what's driving him and why he refuses to create this dichotomy, this separation between faith and culture. It works together. And I love that. And, and, and speaking of which, Mayor, um, I know that you had a press release or a press conference um, and you credited God um, for where you are, who you are. Um, and you've gotten a little bit of flack for that. Can you talk about your relationship with God? Well, well first of all, we didn't get flack. Mm -hmm. The numerical minority that sits at home in their pajamas and go on Twitter <laughs> and want to attack everything, yes. they're just organized and they're loud. The overwhelming the overwhelming number of people that this is a God acknowledged uh, a country. In God we trust is on our dollar bill. Every president 
uh, that has ever been elected except for three placed their hands on a religious text. You cannot become a citizen of this country at one time without saying, uh, uh, so help me God. When I swore in on 42nd Street, I said, so help me God. Uh, when you swear into Congress, you say, so help me God. So if people want to continue to live in this pretending universe that God is not significant and our spirituality is not important, they can do that. I'm not. I know how broken I was as a young man and how angry I was as a young man. And there's no way you're going to take this, in, this perfectly imperfect human being. God said, I'm going to take the most broken person possible. And I'm going to show how wonderful I am. I mean, just, I, I, sometimes I just people, I think people don't understand what it is to be the mayor of the city of New York. He could have made me the mayor of some small town or village somewhere. Yeah. He says, no, I'm going to take the most prestigious mayoralty on the globe, and I'm going to take the most broken person I know and allow him to show how I'm going to bring him and bless him. So if you're sitting in Rikers Island right now, you can say that, wait a minute, my mayor was in jail. If you are dyslexic in school, can't learn, Wait a minute, my mayor is, has a learning disability. If you're living in a homeless shelter, my mayor lived on the verge of, of, of homelessness. If no matter what you're doing, I was the top number runner in Southeast Queens. Wow. And so now I learned how to, from running those illegal numbers, I'm learning how to do the math to control an over $100 billion budget. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, so if people are walking around saying, well, uh, you, 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 you're talking about God, you're talking about God. You, 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 wait a minute, y'all just heard me? Yeah. I've been talking about God for so long. Yeah. And so what Pastor has done and his ministry, see, like, everybody look at what you're doing now with the CCC and the housing development and all of that. They don't know the storefront church. Mm. They don't know where you came from. See, people often know, okay, you're the mayor, you're the borough president, you're the state senator, you were a captain. That's my glory. That's not my story. Mm, and so CCC and what you're seeing there, that's the glory mm. and only the beginning of the glory. Y'all don't even realize what this brother's about to do. Mm. You know? But that's not his story. Yeah. His story is back in that storefront church and telling those broken men to believe in themselves, to start rising up to the level that they deserve. And they grew from to... Uh, Linden Boulevard, and from Linden Boulevard, folks used to wait online to get down to hear the pearls of wisdom that Pastor was dropping, to move it to the next location. So I, I just think we need to really understand our power. And not only did he understand his power, he gave others the understanding of their power. And God only knows what has grown out yeah, of yeah. your membership from there. You know, let, me, let me add to the fact that, that I said, and thank you, Samir, but Again, when the words are on the page, it's just text. <laughs> it's when it leaves the page and enters a human heart and mind that it brings transformation. The Exodus story was just text on a page until it left that page and entered the hearts of black people in slavery in America and began to give them hope for change and that change was realized in the abolition of slavery, and then in the face of Jim Crow and segregation, the civil rights movement emerged, and we are where we are today. 
and we continue to move forward. So faith has been an integral part of our experience. And let me just say this, because I'm, I'm working on a, on, a, on a film, a documentary about the black presence in the Bible. Mm. So I was sitting with some white finances and, and, and producers, and they said, well, you know, Reverend, your, your information has to be impeccable if you're going to take on such a challenge to talk about the black presence in the Bible. I said, my dear friend, the challenge is not finding the black presence in the Bible. It's finding the white presence in the Bible. And he looked at me like I was crazy, but this is the disinformation and the lack of understanding that Christianity was always, already present in Africa before the transatlantic slave trade. And Christians and Muslim slaves were brought to America. So if we don't revisit history, understand it, and understand that we are a spiritual people, and our spirituality has been the driving force to push back against marginalization, segregation, disenfranchisement, then we'll fail to understand the power that the mayor is talking about. Well said. Well said. You know, you know, I like that. You know, and when I, I take my hat off to the brothers and, brothers and sisters from Earn Your Leader, Leisure. Yeah. I just, and if they're here, they should stand up, you know. Yeah. Stand, stand up, up fellas. Yeah. You know, uh, back in Brooklyn Ball President, when I was Brooklyn Ball President, we were doing financial literacy in the schools. It's, it's unbelievable, something that can impact your life so much that there's no formal training on it. And what you, you've made, uh, financial literacy, something that's attractive. Our people were starving to learn how to do the basics. No one taught us the importance of credit scores, how to save for a house, how to save for uh, investing uh, in the future. No one did that. And there's a company called Built that I, I, I'm connected with where you can pay your rent through this credit card called Built, B-I-L-T, paying your rent. You're getting points. And at the same time, they're doing an analysis based on how much money you're paying and your rent, what house you can also purchase. Because we have to get to the place of, of home ownership. And then we must do, what we must do is both substantive mm -hmm. and symbolic. Yes. People need to, we did this uh, during a campaign where a group of brothers, and brothers uh, went in business attire and did a march towards the precinct. It was around about 200 of us. People need to see us, you know. I mean, tell you something, nothing is more impressive, intimidating, and energizing than seeing a bunch of uh, uh, men of color and business attire visibly present, you know, because they're not used to seeing us on all levels, you know. And we need to constantly find creative ways. Uh, 40, 46th Street, that big red, red step, someone called me and said, we need to do a whole video a whole photo of just brothers standing there, powerful image of brothers coming together and uniting as one. Mm. People need to see that, because yes. in absence of that visual, people don't think it could be actual. Mm. Mm. And, and speaking on that, right, so one, one round of applause, round of applause. Um, you, know, the, you know, the Black Men's Brunch, 500 Men, was something um, that was a, your brainchild. Can you, can you expand a little bit more about um, the power of unity when, you know, unity, economics, you know, when black men get together. No, so true. And I got to take it off to 500 men making a difference. Syriac has really, Syriac. you know, realized, you know the, whole, the whole brothers, all of them. All of them. So now, 
and it was, what was it, six of us, Syriac? Six of us sat in my Senate office. And, you know, as I was moving around the Senate, I was coming in contact with these brothers. And, and uh, you know, sisters have always had their stuff together. You know, let's be clear. But I was coming in contact with these brothers that I was like, wow, these are some beautiful brothers. Man. They were doing some amazing things, coaching teams, uh, volunteering, uh, just doing some amazing things. And I said, we have to come together. And how do we come together, have this brunch, and patronize the black business, bring in folks like yourself, and, and, and pass, pass that you have been to a couple of them, talking to folks, and unite together. And this is how, in this room, it came from these brothers from 500 uh, men making a difference. Now we need to bump it up to the next level. The next level, I believe, has two phases. Number one, I'm sure Syriac is going, going to go into it. We need to be connecting with each other weekly through a Zoom, some type of, of, of connection where we are hearing from each other, re-inspiring each other. It can't be every month or every three months. We need to be connecting, find out what jobs are available. You know, I have a couple of thousand jobs that are available in some serious places in my administration that we, we need, you know, positive brothers and sisters to be in. Then, it has always been my vision like, look at all of these brothers that are in the room. Some of them know each other, some of them uh, don't. We need a way to identify ourselves. And we're trying to figure this out. I don't care if it's a small little rice lapel pin. I don't care if it's a little a, a, a black dot. I need to be on the train and look over at you and see something that says, I'm ready, ready to receive you. I'm part of this family of receiving you. If we're in the, in, the, in the supermarket together and I'm walking down the aisle and I look over at your lapel and I see that little black dot, it is saying, I'm inviting you to talk to me, learn what I'm doing and how we can coalesce. Right now, the army is too scattered. And yes, we have the Boulets, we have the Masonic Order, we have the, uh, the fraternities, but all, the, the, the tribe is scattered. You don't have to leave your tribe to be united in the entire tribe. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that in a real visible way because other groups know each other. Yeah. You, you know that? They can see each other. They know the way they dress. They know the way they're present. They know the different symbols. Those symbols were built so that they can understand that I am one of you. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out an identifiable way that is so non so discreet that soon as I see this brother, and I know I can engage with you. He's welcoming for me to engage. And it can't be just those who are business people. It could be the person could be a messenger. The person could be a cleaner. The person could be a cook, a waiter. Doesn't matter. Because if you see that waiter, he has that dot on his uniform. You engage him and say, hey, brother, there's some other job opportunities that I have. There's some other training that I have. I want to take you to your next level. But if we don't identify ourselves, we're going to come in a room like this, scatter, and never really unify the army. The army must be unified now. Because our mayor is speaking to you prophetically. And the prophetic is predictive to the future, but primarily analytical to the present. 
The prophet analyzes the social, political, moral, and spiritual conditions of the society and then speaks into it a word of wisdom. In 1965, there was a report called the Moynihan Report, and it profiled the black family in America. It was considered to be a pathology of illegitimate births, black men with, so, with uh, low self-esteem, a social problem, black women who are the head of the household, and it was a call to national action. That was 60 years ago. Since then, we as a people have experienced unprecedented wealth, education, upward mobility. However, we still have 1.6 million black men, men of color, who are in the custodial care of the criminal justice system. We still have an ever-increasing economic gap in education as well in our society. We have more, and, and we, we, we've met the mayor and some others have met about this, we have uh, people of color in positions of power in our nation that we haven't had in the history of this nation. So obviously there is a window of opportunity and a season being presented to us. And the question is, what are we going to do with this opportunity as a people? I know we I know we hijacked your whole talk. No, 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 no. When you when you when you in the presence of greatness, you shut up and you have to speak. Just, just think of, and just think about what Pastor is saying. And I keep going back to New York. The New York, the AG is a person of color. The leader of the assembly is a person of color. The leader of the Senate is a person of color. The public advocate, person of color. The DA in Bronx, Manhattan, of, of Brooklyn, person of color. The mayor is a person of color. The leader of the city council is a person of color. Uh, the majority of committees in the Senate, in the assembly, in the, in, in the city are headed, committee chairs are person of color. The leader of the of Congress, the first time in history, an African American to lead the Congress, Hakeem Jeffries, is a person of color. I mean, everything we've ever done, four of the top cities in America are now currently being run by people of color: Houston, Chicago, New York, uh, uh, what's it, what's it, Lo Los Angeles. A uh, person of a person of color, Atlanta. It's seven of the ten are headed by people of color. We are in control. So when I hear people running around saying, you know, fight the power, fight the power, Negro, you are the power. <laughs> you are, we are the power. The question is, what are we going to do with the power? And let, me, let me just say, as we talk about faith and the intersection of faith and culture, God created government. But people created politics. Mm -hmm. And when we leave God out of our politics, with all of its political constructs, its policies, its legislations, its systems and structures, we lose our moral compass. And we move away from the original intent in the mind of God. So when we have someone in power, politics is power. Who has it? How they get it? How they're using it? Should they keep it? Who's benefiting most from it? That is a, a human construct that we have a responsibility right. to address and get individuals in there with a moral compass who are flawed. How many know you can have a moral compass and still be flawed? We are wounded, broken individuals 
and it manifests in us in different ways, but we keep it under subjection so the beauty that's inside of us can come out and contribute to our forward growth and, and movement. So we've got to support each other, but most importantly, not miss the time of our visitation, especially when it comes to black men. The, there are more black women in graduating college than black men. That disparity is dangerous. Black women have experienced it, again, unprecedented wealth, education, upward mobility. So what does that mean? It means that black men have to level up so that black women don't have to level down. And, and Pastor, you, you, you mentioned uh, our 1.6 million of our brothers uh, you know, uh, in the system. Um, can we talk a little bit about the, the, the prison, you know, the school to prison pipeline uh, when a lot of uh, our youth uh, maybe have, you know, have learning disabilities and they're not really um, being serviced or focused on the right way, which, you know, leads them into that, to that pipeline. Can you talk about that a little bit? And it's real, it's real. When you do an analysis, uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu is a quote he stated that I live by. We spend a lifetime pulling people out of the river. No one goes upstream and prevent them from falling in in person. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We have a downstream mindset because there's so much paper that's being made by pulling people out of the river. You're pulling black and brown people out of the river, but look at who's making the paper for pulling them out of the river. There's no incentive to stop the process that places people in downstream. Mm. Nothing personifies that more than prison. If you do an analysis of Rikers Island, of 40 to 50% of the people on Rikers Island are dyslexic. Mm. Dyslexic. Wow. 80% don't have a high school diploma or an equivalency diploma. 48% have a mental health issue. 18% have a severe mental health uh, uh, issue. When you look at, all you got to do is look at downstream and say, what policies must I put in place upstream so I can prevent the downstream process? That's why we have dyslexia screening in all of our schools. We're going to Rikers to test all of our brothers and sisters who are there to see if they're dyslexic so we can give them the care 
while they're there. We have to, uh, you know, you hear this conversation about close Rikers, close Rikers. How about closing the pipeline that feeds Rikers? That should be our focus as we close down the actual building. And so that's why you need to understand, well, why are they, they, why are they trying to hit Eric every day? Because I'm messing with people's paper. The policies that I'm putting in place, people eat off of the dysfunctionality of black and brown people. When I, when I start talking about what well, we no longer going to be feeding this stuff, people say, wait a minute, we got to take this cat out, you know? And then you, they, they put this out there so loudly, then all of a sudden you even have your own folks looking and saying, well, you know, what are you doing to us? Man, what's wrong with you, nigga? I'm trying to fix this problem, you know? <laughs> trying to fix this problem. So think about this for a moment. Those who have been around me for years, like I've been in this game for 35 years. When I ran for office, people who were never in the game, never did anything, all of a sudden rewrote my history. I mean, you had cats walking around, everybody's trying to lock up every black person that they know. It's like, wait a minute, do y'all remember when I was blacks in law enforcement? Do you remember me testifying in federal court? Do you remember having my car windows shot out? Like, where have y'all been? We have to stop being so fickle that just because someone tweets something or Facebook or Instagram something, that is going to wash away the history of those of us who have been soldiers for years. You know, we fought for me to be mayor. And now that we got here, we're going to try to destroy me being mayor. Come on, stop. <laughs> uh, Pastor, can you talk, you, you're doing some big things um, from the you know, economic development, housing, perspective. Can you talk a little bit about those things? Yeah, we, we were blessed to have some foresight about land. So in 1998, we purchased 10 and a half acres of land in two parcels. We paid $6 million for it then. It is worth a lot more now. <laughs> Give us some numbers. Give us some numbers. <laughs> but it's, it's about what's in your hand. Right. and what you can do with what's in your hand. Right. And we decided that we had to come up with something comprehensive. You've got to be able, development is about envisioning the possible futures that are in front of you. And if you can't see that, if you can't envision a different future, then you can't develop. Right. So it begins with the power and ability of envisioning a different future for East New York, for our community, for our people. But we didn't want to follow the last 60 years of how we've responded to the needs of our people by creating housing that's simply warehousing our people, one income ban, which means that present at the inception of this project are the seeds of its own destruction. So we end up with the social problems that come as a result of putting people into a situation where there's no room for upward mobility. So we want to change the narrative in our community that the way up is not out. The way up is to stay in, grow, develop, bring your intellectual contributions to the society, your economic contributions, and make a difference. So we created a philosophy first for housing, and that is environment, people, programs, and sustainability. And we want to make sure that we could do something that would allow for upward mobility. 
So we're having 2,000 units of uh, affordable housing, and we're talking from 30% uh, AMI to 100% AMI, which allows for working class and middle class, especially millennials who graduated college, they're making 60, 70, 80, 100,000 dollars a year, but they still can't afford the rents in our city. So we have to have some type of programming to keep them from leaving the city and keeping their intellectual capital, their creativity in place. So we have 2,000 units. We, uh, we also added 200 units uh, of home ownership so that we can own our own property and have a foundation because that's usually the, great, the biggest asset that we have in our community. So we're talking about retail, commercial, performing arts center, and something very important to me, uh, which is 24-hour child care. Because we have sisters who are taking jobs at night to get a 15% differential, higher salary, and supervisory position, but they don't have any babysitting for their children. And some of them are leaving them at home and putting these children in jeopardy just to try to change the quality of life. So we want to do that. And another thing that's important to me is a trade school. So we're going to have HVAC, electrical, plumbing, and carpentry. So we can train, train our young black men, but also tie it to the unions who control the job sites. Because if you can't get in, all right, it doesn't matter what degree you hold. So we want it to be holistic. We want to understand that it's got to be progressive, it's going to take time, but we want to create a model for change, sustainable change. And of course, we are grateful to the city of New York yeah. and having the mayor where he is, because this started when he was borough president. Right. And to be mayor now and continue to understand and appreciate this project and projects like it is critical. Round of applause, round of applause. And it's a $1.2 billion project. And wait, wait, wait. And we are 50% partner. We didn't sell out. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Mayor, word on the street is um, before you became mayor, you had a book that you wrote about what you would do if you became mayor. Now that you are mayor, uh, is, is that book still valid? Has anything changed? No, what, what I did uh, 28 years ago, my brother Mark Stewart here is the Deputy, deputy uh, Commissioner for Community Affairs, uh, Sam Calhoun, Sally, all of these folks. People have, listen, 20, well, it's probably 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I said January 1st, 2022, I was going to be the mayor of the city of New York. Wow. And every, every... Wait, wait, hold on. I'm sorry not to cut you off. I never <laughs> cut off a mayor, right? But wait, just to be clear, you said... 30 years ago, you wrote the date when you became mayor, and you actually manifested that and became mayor on that yes, date. Yes. Yes. Wow. And those who were Why didn't make plain? those who were around me, Ingrid Martin and others, uh, they you know I would constantly, no matter where I would travel to, when I was elected state senator, uh, at my uh, swearing in, I said when I become mayor. You know, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do four terms here in the Senate. I'm gonna do two terms in Borough Hall, and then I'm gonna be, become the mayor of the city of New York. It took a while before people realized I was not on medication, that I was serious. <laughs> you know, but I'm a big believer in quantum physics. You put what your desire is out in the universe, and you really lean into it. And the reason a lot of things 
do not materialize for people because they don't actualize it in their minds beforehand. And every day I've made an entry in my journal of what I'm going to do in this city to fix the things that we saw systemically. And so I'm really encouraging everyone, you know, forget about the haters, be focused and disciplined on what your vision is and what you want and move towards that every day. You need to be making an entry in your journal. What did I do to move towards the destiny? And the beauty is I told everybody, so people who have been around me through this journey say, listen, this brother was talking about this for 30 years. Wow. He was constantly saying, January 1st, 2022, I was going to be the mayor. And I felt this was, God gave this to me. So when I saw the obstacles, I would say, I don't care about that. God already told me what I'm doing on January 1st, 2022. Yeah. You need to just get your inauguration tickets right, because I'm going right. to be there. You need to be there. Right, right. <laughs> but really lean into that. Yes. Lean into, like I'm sure you brothers from Earn Your Leisure, you had a vision. Now look at what you're doing right now. And, and it was written down though, right? So just to be clear, right? In Troy's, in Troy's kitchen, Rashad wrote down on paper what Earn Your Leisure would be and look at God. And look at it, look at it. And so, and look at, look how, look how, look how God brings everything together. Because now we, we, we're going to, going to partner with you and I wanted to do it last year, but I was just so tied up with putting the infrastructure together. Now we're going to partner with you to really allow this to manifest in the Department of Education. Yeah. We're going to make sure that you are able to take what you're doing and get in from, come up with a curriculum that's going to impact our elementary school students, that continues to middle school, that continues to high school, and continues on to college. So I, I really wanted to sit down with you and say, how do we get that curriculum that makes it attractive enough that young people can really attach, that they should not be wearing their fortune, they should be investing in their, in their, in their fortune. Assets over liability. Yeah, absolutely. Let me say something too that, that is important for a people who have been marginalized, disenfranchised, and you, you've grown up in that environment. The reality is even though we've experienced unprecedented wealth, education, upward mobility, it doesn't remove the reality of how we've had to navigate life in America. And it's been different. We experience poverty different. We experience everything different because of that marginalization. But what comes out of that, which is, it's, it's, it's bad and good, it's a double-edged sword. It is the desire for more, more recognition, more fame, more power, more money, more influence. And once we get more, it's not satisfied. We're still left empty. So then we want better. A better house, better car, better partner. <laughs> and then when we get better, we're still not satisfied. We're left empty. And then we turn to distinction, something to distinguish us from everybody else so that we can be elevated. And what we discover when we get that distinction, it still doesn't satisfy. We're left empty. It's not until we discover something called purpose 
And purpose begins to drive us, shape us, the way we think, the way we speak, the way we interact with reality and people around us. All of a sudden, you can pass by the more so you can have more. You can pass by the better because there's a better beyond that because purpose take, is taking it, taking you to it. So what we see here is a man was convinced 30 years ago of a purpose that he would serve. Right. in the city of New York as mayor of New York City. I don't know where he's going from here, <clears throat> but, <laughs> but we've got to be driven by purpose. That's what will sustain you when you are down and out and struggling. You won't judge your, circum your, 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 your future by your circumstance. You will judge by that sense of purpose, that deep inside of you need to keep going. Right. And these brothers, these, let me tell you something, the brothers and sisters in here, the mere fact they're here Saturday yes. morning, they are hungry. They are hungry. Round of, round of applause for yourself. Yeah, they're hungry. And they've, they've been moving around, some of them are professionals, someone, some of them are, are, are working for someone, some of them are working for themselves. But inside us, there's something that we say there's so much better. And when you're hearing every day, all day, about what we are doing to each other, it breaks our heart. Those of us with that purpose, we, 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 we know we're so much better. And so that's why we're all here in the Navy Yard, because we want to coalesce around each other. We want to be around that positive energy. You know, the, the love we have for each other it's just unbelievable, that love. And to be able to have you know, a, an outlet of how we can come and express that love. And now let's use that love to help us drive the purpose that Pastor was, was talking about. Absolutely, if you're wondering about purpose, it's simple. Aristotle said it, he said at the intersection where your gift, talents, and abilities meet a human need, that's where you'll discover your purpose. Identify your gifts. God's given every one of us gifts, talents, and abilities. Now use it to meet a human need, and you will find yourself in the stream of purpose. And guess what? You won't have to chase money, because you don't have to pursue what you can attract by the person you become. Absolutely. Abundance is your birthright. And so we have a lot of youth in the building uh, today. Um, Pastor Bernard, take us back to 18-year-old AR. Uh, if, if knowing what you know now, if you had some advice uh, for 18-year-old A.R. Bernard, what would you be telling him? Yeah, that's a tough question because I am who I am today because of all that I've gone through. So if I try to rewrite it, I may not be sitting here with you today. So I've simply embraced my past and I have a positive evaluation of that past. And when I was 18 years old, Growing up without a father, single parent mother who was working three jobs, latchkey kid, I was raising myself, all right? I was looking for purpose. I was looking for, for identity, for strength, for order. And at the time in the 60s, you know, we, we, we chose between Dr. King and Malcolm. My group chose Malcolm. So that naturally led me to the Nation of Islam because in it, I found order, I found discipline, I found identity. There were certain things that I did not embrace, but it was part of my journey. And that journey set the foundation for my conversion into Christianity. 
So it is allowing, allowing that journey to be understood, that it shaped you and fashioned you and brought you to who you are today. So I would not tell that young man anything different. I would tell him, keep going where you're going because there's some things you're going to discover and experience that's going to turn out very well. Yes, yes, yes. Same question to you, man. No, no, I think, I think Pastor uh, really laid out in, in the same uh, every, every uh, dark moment. Yes. It just really created this person that's in front of you now. And a lot of that a creation and evolution came from what one would have classified as a terrible moment in life, but it, it, it helped. So when I sit down, when I go to, I, I've been on Rikers more than any mayor in the history wow. of this, this city, talking to the correction officers and inmates. Thanksgiving, I was on Rikers with a young lady who just gave birth to a child. I went to spend time with her. Wow. And so, Every moment that I've had, sitting down with gang leaders to find out, you know, why are we having so much gun violence, of uh, experiencing different cultures and ethnic groups. So you're going to make mistakes, but those mistakes, I think, shapes us and keeps us focused on our purpose. I would not be the mayor that I am and the style of mayor that I am if I wasn't dyslexic, mm. if I wasn't arrested if I didn't live on the verge of homelessness, if I didn't have some real problems, if I didn't have all of those issues, I would not be this bald-headed, earring-wearing, you know, mayor that you're seeing in front of me. I would try to fit into a mold. And I'm not trying to fit into the mold. I'm trying to bring the black experience into what it is to be a mayor, be authentic, be true, be you, and at the same time, our success is unbelievable. Yes. People, people, you don't read that the, the bond ratings in the city was raised to a double A mm -hmm. under my administration. Oh, let's go. Let's you go. know, you don't read that 56 million tourists came here, 65 million uh, this year. We handled 51,000 people that showed up in our city because the federal government didn't do, didn't do what they were supposed to do. We were able to manage that onslaught. So you don't hear the success. I am the CEO of New York City, yes. and I'm a successful CEO yes. of the city of New York with over a hundred billion dollar yes. budget. Yes, okay. <laughs> That's some real stuff. Yes, yes, yes. All right, round of applause for that, y'all. Round of applause. All right, before, before we wrap up, um, as men of manifestation, right? We write it, we make it plain. Um, a lot of similarities, you know, products of single parent homes. You know, I'm, a, you know, raised by my mother as well in, in the projects. Um, when you think about the future, um, what does the next 10, 20 years, in God's will, what does that look like? Well, well first, even before I answer that, I just want to really acknowledge a real a giant that's here. Her husband's book really inspired me. Uh, Reginald Lewis is hey, like, yes. yeah, really, really good to see you. You know, if anyone did not read that book, you need to read it. Reginald Lewis was the originator about economic uh, development. And I think the book was Why Does White Boy, White Men Have All the Fun or something like that. White guys have all the fun. Uh, but uh, I'm excited about the next uh, uh, 10 years. Uh, this is real opportunity. This room is a reflection of my excitement. Uh, I think this is a moment of coalescing. Uh, I think that if we come together, 
and not allow the division. There's a, there's a scene in the movie Roots where they're all in the hull of the slave ship and the brother told all the different tribes to know each other, learn from each other, learn each other the same language. I think this is a moment for us, but you know, Pastor said it right, what are we going to do with this moment? Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's agitation, negotiation, and legislation. Mm. Those three combinations will guide us. People who became top C-suite executives, they got there because the agitators were on the ground during Black Lives Matter marches and forcing these executives, corporations to start hiring and increasing the number of black folks in many of these jobs. So if you look down on those who were on the street agitating, you're not going to appreciate that's how you got where you are. Black folks were able to get elected to legislate because of the negotiation and the agitation. We can't say divided anymore. We all have to get together. We need each other. And I think this is a moment for us to come together and use those three areas. I've been an agitator, I've been a negotiator, and I've been a legislator. And I know each one of those roles serves a purpose, but they've been disjointed. If we come together with a real blueprint and say, what's the goal? It can't be scatter and pray. What's the goal? We want to accomplish it. We want X number of this, X number of that. We want, we spend 20 something billion dollars in procurements of goods and services in this city. We want a real goal. I brought on Michael Gardner. I don't know if Michael is here. Michael is my new person in charge of MWBEs. We need to get some of that paper. Those of you who are in the food services, we're going to spend billions of dollars to feed people who are in our housing care. You need to go after those contracts. You have warehouse spaces, you need spaces to hold people up. I want people to look at who has the contract for toilet tissue being sold to the city of New York. Copy paper, cleaning supplies, shoelaces, clean, um, laundry services. We need to go after those contracts that are there to get some of that 20-something billion dollars of procurement for goods and services in the city. That is what our focus needs to be while I'm here to make sure we make more millionaires of color yes. to move forward. Amen. 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 Good preaching, man. You know, for me, there's a wonderful passage in Proverbs that says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's his grandchildren. I've got 25 of them, and one on the way. A good man is simply a man who consistently subscribes to his higher self. So he's going to leave a good inheritance. Inheritance is your legacy. So I'm thinking about my legacy. What am I going to leave behind? And legacy is not just material. For me, it's first spiritual. In fact, for all of us, it's first spiritual. That transcendent part of who we are that drives everything else. So my spiritual legacy. Legacy is also intellectual. Teaching how to think critically and to understand and move forward with that critical thinking. Legacy is motivational. Understanding the power of the will and the proper use of that will and how it can result in upward mobility and forward movement for you as an individual and your community. Legacy is emotional. Emotional health is what I also want to pass on. 
So it is all of those things long before we get to the material things that we leave. So I'm in a place where I'm thinking about legacy. What am I going to leave behind? And how can I now, and, and it's tied to 500 men making a difference, mentoring. How can I take the accumulation of knowledge, experience, relationship, and pour it into the next generation? I'm doing that with pastors and leaders uh, across the country and around the world, and that's where I am for the next 30 years. Love it, love it. And you know, it's so important when pastors say that as, as we get ready to wrap, uh, hard times make strong people. Good times make weak people. And you know, there was this experiment in biology class that I'll never forget, and it has become part of my thought, that if you place a frog in hot water, it would jump out right away. But if you place a frog in cool water and turn up the temperature slightly, it would stay there until it burns itself to death. Wow. We're burning ourselves to death. Wow. When you look at what is happening, it's almost a Trojan horse effect. Our children, is, they are addicted to social media. China plays a TikTok here in America that's not played in China. It's illegal to do so. Our children are waking up every day, stopping off at the local bodega, getting gummy bears and Skittles that's laced with everything from fentanyl uh, to cannabis, and they sit in the classroom. And we know the destruction of early use of cannabis, what it does on a young child's brain. Suicides are up. At the age of nine, people are talking about committing suicides. We're seeing depression is up. We're seeing the violence among our young people because they're in pain, and we need real outlets of really uh, uh, ministering to them. We must refocus our attention on what's happening to our young soldiers. And all of us should be, if you don't have someone outside your immediate family that you are mentoring, that you are speaking with, that you are speaking with and bringing them up, then we are really abandoned. We need to be in schools. My brother just came in, what he's doing around uh, using dance uh, in Harlem. He's getting ready to do something all over the city around dance. We have to give back and re-engage ourselves with the young people. They are hurting, and I see that pain on their faces every day. We need to give back to nurturing them because these good times that we had is producing weak people. Yes. Round of applause, y'all, round of applause. All right, so I, I, would, I would love to keep, I got, I got a lot of questions, y'all, uh, but, but respecting their time. Round of applause, Pastor A.R. Bernard, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, and I am Ash Cash, the host of Inside the Vault, the greatest money mindset show on the planet on the biggest network on the planet, EYL. We appreciate y'all, thank y'all so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.